0: Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're covering Exodus 7 and 8, Psalms 29 and Mark 1. So we're in Exodus. You know that the Egyptians are in Egypt and they're enslaved. That's the whole premise of the story of Exodus, of the Israelites in Egypt enslaved and their whole process of coming out and going into the promised land. So in chapter seven, but they're not out yet. There is slaves. They're slaves in Egypt. And that's why Moses has to go back and get them out. And Moses says, well, you know, and he's still complaining to God saying, you know, I'm not really good at speaking. God says, remember, I told you Aaron's going to do the talking for you. You're going to be like a representative, like, like a God, like a representing me, God. And then Aaron is going to be like a prophet. Super funny that God had to explain it in that example so that Moses could understand and could have courage. It sounds like he was being very chicken. Um, And you know, what's interesting in verse three, God actually says that Aaron and Moses are going to go to Pharaoh, but God's going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. And you got to wonder, well, why would God harden his heart? Why not just soften his heart? So the first request who knows maybe maybe God knew his heart already and maybe Pharaoh had a manipulative heart so he just knew Pharaoh was going to do something so it's manipulative or maybe the Israelites needed to see the power of God themselves maybe the Egyptians needed to see the power maybe there's a, you can never under, fully understand why God does what he does you just, because his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, so we will never fully understand everything. That's not our job, to fully know the, the thoughts and the brain of God. It's our job to get to know him and develop a relationship with him and try to draw closer, but we'll never fully understand. Okay, so why he hardened Pharaoh's heart doesn't really, you know, don't know. And the first uh, thing was when Aaron was going to turn his staff into a snake. So Moses told him to throw it down. His staff turned into a snake. Then the the magicians, the sorcerers, turned their staffs down. It turned into a snake. And then Aaron's staff ate up their staff. Okay, but that wasn't enough. Of course, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. So then they had to come back with a plague of the blood on the Nile where they they took the staff, touched the Nile, turns into blood, and then the magicians did the same thing to, I guess, I thought if everything turned to blood, what did the magicians use? I don't really know, maybe just a bowl full of water. Basically, the magicians did the exact same thing that hardened Pharaoh's heart. So then they come back and they had to, um, they said, let my people go, he said no, and then they did the plague of the frogs, where there was frogs everywhere, crawling up the walls, in people's beds, in their cupboards, everywhere in Egypt. So that's when Pharaoh's, and the magicians did the same thing, but Pharaoh said, okay, fine, fine, fine. Just, you know, get these, get these frogs out. And then Moses says, okay, so you're going to let us free? Yes. When? Tomorrow. So Moses prayed, the frogs were dead. They were all dead. And then they got piled up and they stunk. It actually says that. Yes, it does. It's that descriptive in the Bible. But Once the frogs were done, Pharaoh's heart was hardened again, and it didn't let him go. So then Moses and Aaron had to go back. This time was the plague of the gnats, where he took his staff and he touched the dirt and it turns into gnats everywhere. Um, The magicians tried to do it, but they couldn't do it. So they said, this is the finger of God. This is when they're like, "We, we can't do this. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Then it was the plague of the flies. Let my people go. He said no. Flies everywhere. But this time God says, okay, but let's not have flies into Goshen. Remember, Goshen is where um, Jacob went when he took all his people. And he said, so not in Goshen. There will be no flies. So it is very distinct that these are my people. Perfect. Nope. Still, still we have Pharaoh who's just stubborn. Stubborn as heck. Anyways, that's the end of chapter 8. Yes. Um, I'm sure you know this story. He's eventually going to let them out, but it's still fun to to read the details. Okay, here we are. Psalms day. De- uh, <laughs> Psalms 29, not Psalms David. Psalms 29. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read it because it's not very long. But I really want you to grasp the fact that we're talking. You're going to hear it, but it's it's the voice of God. That's very powerful because voice is sound. This is an awesome, awesome chapter about sound, the voice of God himself. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ooh, ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Who is he referring to? Heavenly beings, us and speaking to our spirit or angels in heaven? Heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the, the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The voice, I'm sorry, the Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. I just like this chapter because, of course, I love the part about peace at the end but just how he's referring to the voice of the lord and because again so many people don't fully grasp the concept of god is he sound is he light is he but he, we know he's omnipresent how do we grasp the concept of god and here he's giving us a a slight window He's in the sound of the thunders. He's in the sound of the waters. He hovers over the waters. He's in the sounds in the deserts that all is crying out glory. And it's just this, it's in the silence. He's in the the silence and he's in the thunders. Amazing. Okay, moving on to Matthew chapter 1. I actually didn't mean Matthew 1. I meant Mark 1. So I'm reading the second book in the Gospels and remember each book is written by a specific author. So they're basically recording the life of Jesus. So each book of the Gospels is going to have a different flavor. It's their interpretation, no, it's their perspective of how they it's like it's like if you saw an event happen, you might describe a different detail than someone else would describe or you might speak it out more artistically or from a um, the theme of it, where someone else might speak it from the chronological order. And as you know, in Matthew, Matthew was the tax collector. So he was very, very precise in how his description was. Um, much more proper, much more precise. Mark is just going Kind of deep, more casual, and he went quick into this description of Jesus, so right away in Chapter One, we jump into learning about John the Baptist and how um, uh, Jesus bumps into John the Baptist, well, at the beginning um Verse two, it says, as it is written in Jesus, the pro- uh, in Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. That's what the prophet Isaiah said that would happen. And sure enough, uh, John the Baptist was doing just that, uh, just announcing, prepare the way for the Messiah. And then Jesus came as John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan River and then John the Baptist wanted Jesus to baptize him. He said, no, 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 you need to baptize me. Ooh, he didn't feel very worthy, but he did it anyway. Um, And then when Jesus came up from the water, ooh, the heavens tore open and the spirit descended on him like a dove. So beautiful. And a voice. Again, we're talking about. So remember in Psalms, we were talking about the voice of God in the waters, and the thunders, and all that kind of stuff. And then here we move into the New Testament. And again, it mentions the voice from heaven, like audible. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him. Oh, and then he was sent out to the wilderness where he was tempted and tested for 40 days. Interesting. Um here's the part I didn't, I had never read before in that part. We knew that he was tempted for 40 days and we knew that Satan was tempting him. But the very last sentence, at least in my book, Bible translation, it says he was with wild animals and angels attending him. Was that after? I don't know, but I never read that before. Okay. So Jesus announces the good news um, because he's going into Galilee and he's going to start preaching and telling people to repent um, but as he's going out, he he comes across first Peter, and then Andrew, um, and then the sons of Zebedee. He's getting his disciples, and then they go into a town, and he, the, he drives out an evil spirit. And actually, when the spirit, when this demon-possessed person comes across Jesus, the spirit says, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Crazy, right? So this demon-possessed person, the demon inside, the evil spirit knew exactly that Jesus was the Holy One of God and said it out loud. And it was just the beginning. And then Jesus says, Be quiet, come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek craziness. And then the people said, what? What is this new teaching? Who is this that has such authority? Um, And then he's going from town to town and he's healing many people. So much so that everybody wants him. And then he just says, he just slips away to go pray on his own. Um, And then he comes across some. and then they go to another town. He comes across a man with leprosy. And the, the man with leprosy says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he says, I am willing. Be clean. And then he told the, lep- the guy with leprosy, "Is you're now go and don't tell anybody. He was very strict about this. Don't tell anybody. Now go to the temple. Make your sacrifices. Show yourself to the priest. But keep it quiet. Of course, he didn't do that. He goes and he just tells everybody. So now... Jesus can't really casually walk around freely because all the paparazzis are now after him because this guy didn't keep it in the down low. So there you have it. That was chapter one of Mark.